Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you guys so much. And we've got a lot of different topics we're going to discuss today with Jay Seeger of the Starting Point Project. But uh, Lord God, we need your help today because there's so much happening. And we ask you to lead us by your Holy Spirit and help us to focus, Lord, on uh, really point by point things that. Um, you want to lead us into discussing today so we can inform, encourage, educate, and challenge our family in Christ. And uh, please give us all wisdom, Lord, and help us to know, to help us to understand the times and know how to respond. Uh, we love you. We thank you. We recognize the fact that you are sovereign and in control at all times of all things and that we just need to trust you one day at a time. So help us do that, Lord. Help us to trust in you with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. And help us to acknowledge you in all of our ways. Thank you for promising to direct our steps. You promise to always be with us. And we thank you for those promises and especially the promised return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We look forward to that. And uh, Lord, strength for today, our daily bread, provision and protection in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jay Siegert is with us, of course. We've had him on many, many times. You guys uh, go to startingpointproject.com. He's an author, international speaker, a former engineer for those of our newer listeners who don't know about Jay's background, and he's the managing director of the Starting Point Project. Jay, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, it's always great to be on the program. How are you guys today? Good. Good, Jay. Hey, before we get into some of the subjects we're going to discuss, including a biblical worldview. Um, you know, we, we just want to get an update on your ministry, first of all. But also, I jokingly, I, th- I think I texted you or emailed you yesterday about maybe we should start by saying how God uses trials and even our vehicles <laughs> to, <laughs> to cause us to rely on him. So just share a little update on your ministry, please. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's interesting. The big picture is uh, I was primarily traveling all the time. I was giving up to 190 talks a year wow. all across the country, been in eight other countries, and then COVID hits you know, a year ago, and it comes to a screeching halt. And I, I at the time, I wondered, like, okay, how is this going to work? Because that's the main thing that I do, and it's what, what the, uh, how the ministry operates. And I didn't really worry about it, but I was just very aware of it. And um, it's just miraculously, you know, looking back a year later, our ministry is stronger than ever. It's it's going great. God has given new opportunities. When I was traveling all the time, I had no time to get anything else done. And now being uh, home a lot more over the last year, I'm now in the process of writing seven books. I've got one completed. It's being edited. I'm about 75 pages into the second one, and I've got five more after that. I have 22 uh, video sessions that I'm working on plus an apologetics training series in addition to that. Plus, I am traveling and speaking a little bit, not quite as much as before, but God is just, uh, he's never surprised by anything. I thought if he's not panicking about this, I shouldn't either. And so not only <laughs> you know did we get by, but God just is blessing the ministry more than ever and more and more opportunities to, to share with people about the authority of Scripture. And the worse things get around us, the more opportunities we'll have um, to share those messages, ultimately the message of hope in Christ. And, and what you were referring to, too, is our trials. <laughs> and I was going down to St. Louis, and that's about the extent of how far I'll drive. If it's farther than that, I'll fly. But it was about six hours. Wow. And uh, I got partway down and stopped in a parking lot to eat a Chick-fil-A to honor God. <laughs> and, um, and then when I went to start the car, it just it was dead. And oh. my car is not really that old. It's only about four years old. And in good shape. Wow. So I was shocked. And I, I, I panicked for about 30 seconds. And then I realized again, okay, again, this is not a surprise to God. If he wants me to speak in St. Louis that night and the next two days, <laughs> that's his problem. He's got to get me down there. So 
uh, I was able to call AAA. They came out and it was just a partially dead battery, jumped it, and, and I got down and back. So just to see, I kind of learned to, to panic less and less time each time something like that happens because <laughs> God's in control. So to, to clarify, you just didn't sit in your car in the parking lot and wait and say, God will provide. You actually made a phone call and tried to get AAA out to help. <laughs> yeah, God wants us to be involved in that whole thing. So we, <laughs> we, uh, we have to do our part. It's ultimately God, but yeah, we can't just sit there and wait, wait for a miracle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, Jay, by the way, you're working on uh, books and DVDs and videos, all these things. And, and by the way, we're going to get to your question of the month, which uh, we'll touch on in the next segment, uh, is COVID-19 settled science. But um, the, f- the first thing that will be available for people to um, read, to purchase, uh, first book, um, whatever is going to be released the soonest, what is that going to be? Yeah, the one that's just being edited, I wrote, um, wrote all the text. That one, I'm, we're hoping that we'll have a book in hand in the next two months. Awesome. Um, and that's called Faith is not a four-letter word, and um, for anyone who's maybe under 30, <laughs> I'll explain what that means, because I, <laughs> I found out that a lot of youth aren't familiar with the phrase four-letter words, so the four-letter words are the bad words, the swear words. They used uh, so to be cuss words. Not uh, a bad thing, and faith isn't a, fi- a four-letter word, it's five, so it's supposed to be a clever <laughs> title, but that book, Faith is Not a Four-Letter Word, goes along with the DVD that we produced on the same topic, but it, it does two things. It um, very graciously dismantles the myth of facts versus faith. That's Skeptics are supposedly all about facts and proven things, and Christians, you know, we just have faith, which is nothing more than just wishful thinking. So it just kind of demolishes that myth yeah, very graciously, but then it trains Christians how to defend their faith, without having to have degrees in physics and engineering, archaeology, and no Greek and Hebrew and all that. Uh, it's really, it's something called presuppositional apologetics, but I don't tell people that until the end of the book because it would scare them away. But it's uh, it's an easy read, very powerful way of defending defending your faith. So that's the first one that'll come out, and the second one of them in 75 pages into, that one's Creation to Christ, the Old Testament in a nutshell. Oh, I like that. Which gives you the big picture of the Old Testament very quickly, you know, creation, the fall, uh, the flood, and it fits in other strange things like, okay, well, where do dinosaurs fit into that? How about the Ice Age? Was there really an Ice Age? Yes. So anyway, but we go through the big picture very rapidly, and then if you want to know more about the flood, did it really happen? What are the scientific evidences? Or what about this Ice Age? Or how about the, quote, origin of the races or those dinosaurs? Or did people really live that long in the Old Testament? Those will all be in appendices, kind of out of the way, so it doesn't slow you down from getting the big picture on your way through. But uh, it'll be just packed with appendices that give you information that a lot of people don't know anything about. So I'm excited about that one. Excellent. Well, we'll be watching for those. I'm sure we'll have you on at least one more time uh, before (laughs) they come out. And um, thank you for all the work and all the research and uh, the, the things you put out there, Jay. So important. Why? Because we were learning as we... Um, just live in this culture that is calling evil good. We're learning that many Christians, or I, I should say so-called Christians or professing Christians, because not everybody is converted, why so many Christians do not have a consistently biblical worldview. We're going to talk about that. Um, and you sent me some things that I, I also think we need to address, so we'll see what we get to today. But you uh, talked about uh, moral, social, and cultural issues that we in America are forced to confront. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, uh, the biblical worldview. Uh, We've talked about this before on the show, Jay. Um, It's great to have a big picture, but we have to understand what that is and how to develop that, how to strengthen that worldview. It's one's total conception of the world from a biblical standpoint. It's a Christian's basic belief system about the meaning of life the nature of God, the source of truth, and other foundational concepts. Yet, what we've been seeing in Barna Research, Lifeway, Pew, Gallup, all these polls and surveys, is that many Christians' worldview is not biblically consistent. They might approach some issues from a biblical viewpoint, but not every issue. And We want to just dive into that and ask why. So, Jay, your thoughts? Sure, that's a, a great topic, very, very important, and before we get into too many specifics, I just thought of an analogy that I sometimes share with people. 
um, because I, I travel around and, and talk quite a bit about, you know, science issues of creation and evolution and all those things, and you certainly get into other issues as well, but with the whole creation evolution issue, a lot of people say, well, can you get into the public school system and can you, you know, change what they're doing and get them to teach creation? And, and <laughs> these people are very well in, intentioned in mm-hmm. that. But here's one of the issues with that. There are a lot. I'll just bring up one. Let's say we really made a more concerted effort to get into the public school system and somehow they allowed us to at least talk about intelligent design. Maybe they won't let us talk about Genesis or God or Jesus or anything, but we could talk about evidence that the world we're living in is not an accident and it must have been created somehow. And so you do that. And let's say in one particular student, the light bulb comes on. He's like, wow, I, I never heard this before. That makes sense. I guess this isn't an accidental universe or life. Maybe there's some purpose here. So he talks to you further afterwards, and then you get to share the the specifics of Genesis, and then you get into the gospel message, and this person, through the grace of God, places their trust in Christ, and they truly become born again. They are a Christian, and they are fired up, and they say, this is great. I, I want to start going to church now. So they end up going to a church in their area, and it might be actually pretty good church, evangelistic and um, supposedly you know Bible-based. So they get there, and it doesn't take long for them to find out that a lot of other people don't really buy into what they were just taught about you know, the origin of the universe and the, the, the details of creation. They say, oh, yeah, we believe that God's the creator, but he didn't really do it the way it says in Genesis because we know better now because of the Big Bang and maybe evolution. They've kind of proven that. <laughs> so this young person is confused, thinking, wait a minute, I thought, that you guys all believe that that's why you got together each week because you believe what the Bible said and like, well, we most of it, but you know, so now they're confused because yep. the church itself, um, there's a lot of biblical illiteracy within the church. They're not all on the same page. Yes. It's like sending a sick person to a hospital. That's all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of our focus with the ministry is to get into the church to make sure that they are all on the same page with mm. the authority of God's word. So when you and I were talking about, you know, reasons that, Many Christians don't have a biblical worldview. You had referenced a list, and I looked at it, and I thought it's pretty good, so we can just touch on each of those briefly. And the first one has to do with what I've been saying. There's, you know, they're lacking a knowledge of what the Bible actually says, the biblical illiteracy. Um, in Joshua 1.8, you know, it says, Don't let this book of the law depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. But then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And there are many verses that talk about the importance of Scripture and understanding it. But there are a lot of Christians who have been going to church for quite a while, and they hear a lot of topical things and how to have a better marriage and raising your children, which are important things to discuss, but they're not getting a whole lot of scriptural understanding in the big picture and what does Scripture actually say and taking maybe as seriously as they should. So their views of things are based on their own reasoning yes. with occasional verse thrown in here and there. Yes, exactly. And this is when where the problems come in. And, Jay, it's not just people in the pews or in the comfy seats, um, church leadership. And that's why it's hard sometimes for someone like you, uh, someone like me, some, many of our guests on Stand Up For The Truth podcast cannot get into some of these churches because they are threatened by the truth of the inerrancy of scriptures in Genesis 1 through 11, and they're threatened by the, the true biblical worldview. I just want to get your take on this survey I just pulled up. Um, 77% of Protestant pastors believe it's morally wrong to change genders. Now, let's dissect that. What, what about the 23% of pastors that think it's okay or morally acceptable to change genders through surgery or taking hormones. Jay, your thoughts on this? We're talking about leadership now in the church, and if the the leaders are not united on the truth of Scripture, we're in trouble. We are. We really are, because we kind of set them up as an authoritarian and kind of the uh, magisterium. A lot of people going to church rely very, very heavily on the pastor to tell them what they're supposed to know so that they themselves don't have to go looking for it 
you know, I believe A, B, and C because that's what the pastor said. I have no idea where it's found in Scripture or if it's, if it's found in Scripture, but this is the pastor. He's gone to seminary, and he, he studies this stuff all the time, so he, he must be right. But hmm. you got all types of pastors, and, and many pastors are great, and they're very godly, and they're very diligent in their study, but there's a growing number that are a little short of that and some a lot of short of that. <laughs> and, I mean, I've, I've had all sorts of experiences and. 35 years now of, of uh, speaking on these things, just randomly, one pastor I was talking to, uh, he was going to initially let me speak to the men in the church, but then he, he realized, no, this is about creation, you can't do that, and I was able to talk to him in person later, and he said, well, I've got people in my church from Marquette University, and they would have different opinions, so I can't let you share what you're going to share, that God created things in six days, the way Genesis says. And wow. Thinking, since when does a pastor survey his congregation and say, would it, is it okay if I speak on this particular issue? And we got smart people out there who have different opinions, so I can't go that way. And that was one. Another one, um, the pastor actually did allow me to speak to the youth, and they had you know, 150 or so youth at this church, and so I came in and spoke, but he didn't want it for the congregation. And afterwards, the youth leaders were more fired up than ever as to how important this message was about the authority of God's Word and the creation message and how everything starts out, how foundational it was. So they went to the pastor after my talk, and they said, Pastor, the whole church needs to hear this you know, about Genesis. He said to them, this was a, an evangelical church, he said, whoa, wait a minute. He goes, you got to be careful trying to tie the New Testament into the Old Testament. Mm. And I, I wish I was there. I would have had a lot of questions <laughs> for him. Um, but we just see, and I can go on and on with examples like right. that, where the pastors aren't where they really need to be, and they're the ones who are leading the flock. And the flock isn't going to end up learning more than the pastor, so it's kind of called entropy going downhill over time that I think the churches are generally getting weaker and weaker and they're getting more and more into social issues and less and less into scripture. Well, the conclusion of this article, um, and this is the executive director of Lifeway Research, Scott McConnell. He said, as lawmakers debate establishing protections for those who identify as a different gender from their biological sex at birth, It waits to be seen if Congress will seek to force pastors and their churches to implement changes contradictory to their religious convictions. That's coming. But I do want to point out the fact that the headline, it's it's presented as this positive, yay, this is good news, that 77% of Protestant pastors believe it's morally wrong to change genders. It's not, I mean, I'm glad it's a majority, but (laughs) it's not great news. And by the way, Baptist uh, pastors are at 94%, so at least that's something. But there's still 6% of Baptist pastors that that think it's okay. Methodists, 48% of Methodist pastors believe it's morally wrong to change genders through surgery or taking hormones. So that means less than half of the leaders in the Methodist church believe in biblical morality and God creating gender male and female. Jay, your thoughts as we wrap up this article. Yeah, it uh, it really is alarming. We should be very, very concerned. You know, a lot of the surveys that are done, the percentages really should be, you know, 97, 98, 99. Yeah. And even even if they're 99, you, you start wondering about, okay, who who is it out there that's really disagreeing? This is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. But you're you know that there's always going to be some people that are a bit different, so you can you can live with the 99. But when it's 77 or 48 and all that, you this just the alarm should be going off all over the place um, because again they're the ones who are leading people and they're the ones who allow Christians to call themselves Christians no matter what beliefs they have as long as they're in, you know they're an American and they go to church hey they're a Christian it's like well okay they've they've hijacked the definition of Christianity now and so when you hear that term you really have to ask what do you mean by Christian exactly. Exactly, and that's a great segue. Perfect, as we have to take a break. As we go into the next segment, uh, we're going to ask, what do you mean by science? Follow the science? Well, science doesn't speak, but as we know, scientists do, and what they often say depends on their worldview, and many of them are atheists, and we've talked about this with Jay before. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about um, COVID-19 and uh 
Is it settled science? Also, moral, social, and cultural issues we are forced to confront. And the biblical worldview continues to be a theme on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. What do you mean by science when you say science? You know, the word science means knowledge. Um, conscience, the word conscience means with knowledge. <laughs> we, are, we have a conscience. Um, as we talk about the biblical worldview, there are many reasons why some Christians fail to have a consistently biblical worldview. Um, the most obvious, let's start with number one, they lack knowledge of what the Bible says. They simply don't know the Word of God. We can't blame that on our pastors, Jay Siegert, right? Right. I mean, a lot of people would like to, but it's really our responsibility to be in the Word. And when you go to church, the, the pastor can sometimes help you go a little bit deeper or organize your thoughts, but it's really you're on your own. It's your own responsibility to be studying it yourself. Well, um, another point on here is uh, they reject what the Bible says on certain issues. And we could spend a lot of time discussing this, but uh, the Barna Group, uh, they continue to do surveys, questions about uh, the Bible to determine if people truly believe what the Bible said. And they, they talk to Christians, or at least people that are professing to be Christian. But what we've learned throughout the years, the many years, if not decades, that some people think they're a Christian and they're not. And I don't say that in a judgmental way. I'm just saying they think because they're born in America or they, they grew up in a, in a family taking them to church every Sunday or if they um, you know, go, to, go to church on Christmas and Easter, they have different beliefs on what it means to be a Christian. Sadly, we now have to define what a Christian is, don't we, Jay? Yeah, it's very, very important, and I think it stems back to things that we've covered in past shows, one of which is too often— someone goes to church, they're, they're not a Christian, but they're going, they're seeking, and then they hear at the end of the sermon that they just need to invite Jesus in their heart. And they're thinking, well, again, if anyone knows the solution to my problems, it's the pastor. And he said that what it is is that I need Jesus in my heart, which tells me apparently Jesus wasn't in my heart, and he should be. I'm, I'm good with that. Okay, be in my heart. And then they go home and like, I'm a Christian now, and now my life will get better. And well, life probably doesn't get much better. Hmm. So they either say, well, I guess that wasn't it, and they go you know, transcendental in meditation or some some other route, you know, try something else, or they stay in the church thinking, well, I am saved now, and this is the right thing to do, but their life really isn't transformed, and they're not a very effective witness because they don't have a whole lot to share because they don't even know what they did. What does it mean to invite Jesus in your heart? So they don't understand the whole thing of sin, separation, and repentance, and mm -hmm. forgiveness, and that what a true Christian really is. So they just walk around with that label, and they don't look really any different than anyone else in the world. And over at Got Questions, we're looking at this article here that says, if a professed Christian does not believe what the Bible says, it will be impossible for him to have an authentic biblical worldview. I mean, this is common sense. So, so much of this comes back to, is the Bible the Word of God? Is it authoritative? Is Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so he is the final authority. His Word is. He is the Word become flesh. And um, I think we have to get that down, that, that our, the Bible is truly inspired, God-breathed. We're looking at just an archaeological find that, that they dug up in Israel recently, Every time, almost every time, there's something that's dug up, it confirms or reinforces the truth or the accuracy of the Old Testament, or even sometimes the New Testament or scriptures. Uh, Jay, there's enough evidence out there. There's archaeological things. There, there's, of course, eyewitnesses. If you go back to the eyewitnesses of the risen Christ, so much evidence that backs up the accuracy and truth of scripture and yet we've got Christians today who still like to pick and choose what they believe and what they don't. Very much so. And it, it's typically a heart issue. It's not generally an academic reason. They don't say, well, the reason I, I don't believe these portions here is because it's been academically disproven, so I won't accept that. It's generally that they don't like certain portions, and then they'll either just not study it, or they will say, well, this one expert, he's looked at it, and that passage shouldn't even have been in the Bible. 
Uh, so they're using that as an excuse, really. But you're, like you said, there's so much evidence. And you can look at it this way. If God really did write a book, if, if he actually authored a book, what would we expect to see? Well, we'd expect to see that it would be internally consistent, meaning it doesn't contradict itself. We'd expect it to be historically accurate. We would expect that if it makes predictions about the future, that they have not been proven false. And then fourthly, if it makes statements that can actually be tested directly by science, that when it is, they're not disproven. We would expect to see that throughout the entire book with no exceptions. And that's what we see with Scripture, but you don't see that with any other book on the face of the earth. So it just screams that it actually is what it claims to be. It's the inspired Word of God telling us a lot of things that we can't figure out by looking at dirt and DNA. You can look at DNA and you find out, okay, this isn't an accident. There's no way that nature could produce this. It was created, but you wouldn't know who created it, why they created it, and why you're here, what happens to you when you die. That's why God gave us a lot of things in scriptures to say, hey, it's me. I'm the one who created all this. This is why. This is what happened to it. And here's my plan to fix it. And here's what happens to you when you die. The, the Bible has the answers for everything we can possibly want to know or everything that we need in this life. There are answers to, I mean, the four major um, issues of life, um, uh, let's see, morality, meaning, the origin, origins of our life, destiny, uh, did I get those, mora- de- or origin, meaning of life, morality, and destiny, what happens after we die. There, the Bible has, has answers to all these things, and Jesus said, by the way, as we get into our next point, Jay, um, if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not, he's speaking to believers, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So another point is some people, Christians, are more concerned with what the world thinks of them than what God thinks. And Proverbs twenty nine twenty five, of course, says fear of man will prove to be a snare. Are we seeking the approval of God or man? Because that influences what we say or what we believe about certain issues uh, in the Bible, issues that we are forced to confront in our culture today. That's huge. It's huge, not only with the, the typical Christian, but even with, again, Christian leadership. Um, and it, it's been my experience that way too many church leaders and pastors have been overly concerned with what someone else is going to think, particularly their, the society around them, the circumstances they're in, like, well, we want to do this A, B, and C because that's going to attract people, and we want to have this certain kind of music, and and we want you know the Starbucks in their lobby. And I'm not saying you can't have coffee in your lobby or a certain music, <laughs> but too often there's too much emphasis on that to just to draw people in. And then once they're there, it's like, okay, how can we help these people with issues they're struggling mm-hmm. with, but we don't want to offend them too much, so let's take the Bible, cut off the beginning and the end. We don't want to get into Genesis too much because people have different views. They've grown up in the public school system, and they're, you know, they're, they're going to think we don't believe in science if we take Genesis too seriously. So we don't we'll, we won't really dabble with that. We'll just say God's a creator, and he loves us, and then move on. And then when you get to the end of the Bible, all the Revelation stuff and the end times and the Antichrist, the Mark of the Beast, like, eh, that's kind of weird. So we, we won't really mention that a whole lot either. You just do some happy Jesus stories in the middle. And so they're worried about what you know society thinks. And John, I think it's John 12, 42 and 43, it says that many others believed in Jesus, but they wouldn't confess it because they were feared about uh, fear of being kicked out of the synagogue. And they were. It says that they feared man more than they feared God. So today, a lot of people say they believe in Jesus and say they're Christians, and, and many are but they don't want to go too public with it or take it too seriously because they're worried about what someone else is going to think or say. Yeah, and that should not affect our uh, our view of truth. It should not affect our ideas of what the Bible says, not our ideas, but just our uh, our opinions. Regardless of what our opinions are, the Bible is true, God's Word is truth, and that never changes. Jesus said, my Word is eternal. It, it's heaven and, other, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word stands. The word stands forever. I paraphrase that. But, um, Jay, let's transition over into your article now. Um, you sent me something with uh, Ecclesiastes 1.9 on how, how should we respond as Christians to everything that's happening. Of course, we don't have to respond to everything, but just one thing at a time, 
one conversation at a time, one interaction at a time, one issue at a time. But all these issues that we are forced to confront, whether that be our public schools, our politics, our government, transgenderism, LGBTQ, um, gay marriage versus natural marriage, the cancel culture, what is that? That's censorship. What is that? That's fascism. That's in America right now, friends, like it or not. What about media bias? Um, their worldview it certainly isn't Christian or biblical, and they're reporting the so-called news to us. What about social media? What about racism, election fraud, uh, the Green New Deal, the Great Reset, climate change, illegal immigration, COVID-19 vaccines, settled science? The list could go on and on, but let's go over to your question of the month. Is COVID-19 settled science? Now, you talk about uh, creation versus evolution in this, but what we are confronted with are a lot of issues based on a virus that uh, was known to us about a year ago, Jay, and that has divided not only our culture, our country, but the church. Christians are divided on how to respond to A, a virus, B, masks, C, whether we should go to church or not, D, whether we should take a vaccine or, or the effectiveness of them. So much here, Jay. So where do you want to dive in to your question of the month? Sure. I'll try to give a, a high-level view of the whole thing because we can talk about specifics, and I'm sure we'll hit on a few of them. But the big picture is that there's so much going on here that is uh, destroying our, our country and certainly attacking Christianity and there's a lot of individuals that are involved in doing these things. There's a lot of organizations. But ultimately, I picture the puppet master above with the strings. He's getting things to kind of be manipulated. I think this is ultimately spiritual warfare. And most most of the people who are causing ills today are, are not Satanists. They're not getting together behind closed doors and saying, let's destroy the world. Now, some are probably, but I think in large part, they're just, spiritually blinded, and they have purposes that are very self-serving, and it is bringing a lot of destruction, and it's, you know, the outgrowth are all, you know, the list that you read through, those are the symptoms of the core problems, yes. and the Ecclesiastes 1.9 just says, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, sure, we think, well, these are all, you know, new issues we're dealing with, and some of them, in a sense, are new symptoms, but the cores haven't changed, and one of the things that's happening is, the whole settled science thing, and that's becoming more and more common. All That's all you have to do now. It's kind of like all you have to do is call someone a racist and you're done. You don't have to bring up any facts or anything else. Just keep screaming at them that they're a racist, yep. and, and you've won. There's no way around that. Unbelievable. So you can also scream settled science. You, know, <laughs> you can't doubt evolution. It's settled science. You can't doubt climate change. It's settled science. And now you can't doubt what they're telling you about COVID. It is settled science. Even though there are many, 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 many high-level scientists who have very different opinions, yeah. you don't get to hear them because their videos are taken down on YouTube and Facebook and all that because they don't want you to hear that. They say, no, we've got our guys here. This is actually the truth. It's all we're going to let you hear. And so, you know, the big picture with COVID is, yeah, there's a virus going around. It can do damage, and it does damage that viruses do, particularly than those who are older and already have a lot of other ailments, um, comorbidities and all that. We're familiar with that. That's really what's going on. So, yes, it's a virus. It's real. But our reaction and response to it that they're kind of forcing, I don't think, is is the best response. Mm -mm. I don't think the science is behind it. And just one thing that I will share very cautiously is you totally take this as just coming from one guy, but I get to hang around some of the world's leading scientists and uh, privy to certain things going on behind the scenes. And there are certain scientists, and I won't name them right now, but they've been doing research for a while. And what they've turned up is that the, the SARS virus that causes the COVID disease, um, that scientists in the United States have been working on that for years, trying to get it to function and basically looking at an animal virus and trying to see if they could get it to transmute into humans so that it would affect humans. <laughs> They've been working on it and they weren't doing it behind closed doors. They were publishing their work in scientific journals. So it's all out there for anyone to see. You know, most people don't subscribe to all these technically obscure journals, 
but it's actually out there. So what they found out is that they've been working on it, trying to get that result. They got to a point where they realized they could get in big trouble. So then basically what they did is they shipped the research overseas to Wuhan, and they set up another company that they could send money to, and then that company funded Wuhan. So it wouldn't look like the United States was funding Wuhan to do this research, but it's all in the open. So they are in the process of submitting this research paper, just pointing out the articles that have already been submitted in the journals and saying, here it is. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to name names or say these are evil people. They're just saying it's there. It's right there. It cannot be argued with. Now, how it got released, was it an accident? Did they do it on purpose? I don't know what we have any evidence one way or the other. Uh, I could totally see them doing it on purpose, but I can't say they did that. I don't have evidence of that. And uh, either way, whether it was on purpose or an accident, it is serving a purpose, and yeah. we are in total control. They're using <laughs> it. Control. Yeah, because of that, because they can tell us anything they want because it's subtle science, and we just have to say, okay, I guess you know, who am I to argue with you? And your, one of your questions that you sent over, how do we respond? Uh, let me just clarify what you just shared. because We've talked a little bit about this in, in the past and other, other episodes here on Stand Up For The Truth, that they were working, the government was working, scientists were trying to get this virus. They did fund the Wuhan lab in China. Some You can trace, they'll go to the money trail, right? Um, Fauci, I believe, knew about that, the Wuhan lab. In fact, he had visited there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And then so this virus was unleashed. I look at it as, you know, don't quote me on that, but I think it was on purpose. It could have happened by accident. I personally believe, knowing the heart of man, what the Bible teaches about the heart of man is evil, wicked beyond cure, that it was unleashed because of what was happening in America and what the America was being strengthened, and the economy was good, and people were were you know really going through a time where we were going, wow, this is this is what we need as a country, whatever you think of nationalism, and then of course China was being um, hindered by uh, President Trump's policies on trade and other things. So we know that it was unleashed. Now what we've seen is how our government has reacted to this virus. And they've we're talking control, power grabs. We're talking about some infringement on churches and religious freedoms and really our First Amendment rights. So Jay Siegert is with us at the Starting Point Project. We're looking at his question of the month, is COVID-19 settled science? We're also looking at how Christians can respond with a biblical worldview to so many of the other issues that we have to deal with in our culture today, moral, social, and others. More with Jay Seeger when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Jay Seeger is our guest, thestartingpointproject.com. That's the website. And we're talking about uh, a lot of issues in how Christians should respond. But this idea of something being, quote, settled science. Um, I, at the risk of being redundant, I want to let Jay expound on that a little bit and how we should not fall for this umbrella, uh, everything that they say, they meaning the government or secular progressive scientists. We have to ask questions like, how did you come to that conclusion? What evidence do you have, for example, to back up the fact that we need two or three masks or we need to be six feet apart or we should shut down businesses? How does that prevent a virus? We've never done that with the flu before. What do you mean by science? Uh, so let's talk about that, Jay, because uh, this is a worldview issue also. Yeah, it's going to get worse, uh, especially with things like you know, the Great Reset and Green New Deal and climate change and all that. It's we're going to really be pounded by that. My guess is that the COVID thing might subside a fair amount unless they there's a new version that comes out and they want to use that. A joke that I heard is a guy went to his physician at the end of the appointment. He says, hey, doc, how long is this COVID thing going to last? He goes, how should I know? I'm a doctor, not a politician. <laughs> and, That's good. That's and good. So Sad, if, but good. If, if, they want to, if they want to tell us there's a new virus coming from Venezuela or wherever, um, we, now we have to wear body suits because this one's worse. They, they, that might happen. You know, they could go that route. If, if that's not really coming up, they're just going to, I guarantee you, 
they're going to switch over to focus on climate change and that there are going to be countries under the water if we don't reverse the CO2, blah, 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 within the next you know, 10, 15, 20 years, there will be literally countries that are underwater and people dying and on and on. And they'll tell us the science proves it. And their experts tell us, you know, they're warning us now. And what are you going to the average person? What are they going to do? Well, we used to have something that was called a debate. And two mm-hmm. people would get up there and they're usually not nice to each other and they just go at it but at least you can hear both sides yes and you can decide which one makes more sense but now they've shut down the debate because they cannot afford to actually look at the real science mm. and there's i just heard a, a radio interview with a scientist he's a he's a nobel prize winning scientist you know brilliant i think he was maybe a geneticist and he was talking about Fauci, and he did not think highly of Fauci at all. He was going on and on and on. Turns out this guy said all of that before COVID even hit. It was in 2019. We didn't even know about COVID, and he was saying this is he's not in a good position. He should not be having the position that he has. Hmm. And now we've seen that being played out. He's, he's a pawn. He's a useful person to those who want to control us. So all I have to do is say settled science, and, you know, what are you going to do about it? Because they've they can make the numbers anything they want with saying, well, these are all COVID deaths, even though you know, the guy that he's on his motorcycle got hit by a semi-truck. Oh, they thought they found COVID in him. Oh, it's a COVID death. You know, we've probably been all over that before. Yeah. So if they can spin the numbers and just tell you there's no, there's no reason to discuss it anymore. It's settled science, and now you have the shaming. If you disagree with them, you reject science, and then you are the cause of other people dying because you won't accept science. It's interesting that you you mentioned um, this kind of comes back to that article where I got questions about why do so many Christians not have a consistently biblical worldview. And one of the things is they're influenced by the lies of the world. The lies of the world, friends. It's It's coming from the media. It's coming from our own government. It's coming from their selected, hand-picked scientists. It's coming from sometimes our own governors. And so we've got to really be more discerning. We've got to be informed, find ways where you can get to the truth. What you, I loved what you said about the old-fashioned idea of a debate where you can hear both sides. Which side shows more evidence or supports the truth or, or more, more common sense? And what would be best for society? We've, we've lost that. And it's just disappointing. Jay, you touched on three things. The Green New Deal, the Great Reset, and climate change. We've talked about those things on this podcast before. Uh, the Green New Deal, this all has to do, uh, not, not everything about the Great Reset, but part of it is using the, <laughs> what they call, and I'm putting they in parentheses, an existential threat to humanity, a threat to America, climate change. So if, they're, if they can convince enough people, that's just a, a, a sensational provocative statement based on no truth. They're just saying it's an existential threat. So, wow, I guess if enough people start believing that, we're going to have to figure out how to respond to that. So, Jay, your thoughts on them using this based on lies, based on their agenda, to and and this is getting away from the Christian worldview because then you start putting more emphasis on nature, mother nature and creation rather than the creator. And there it comes back to the biblical worldview, doesn't it? It does. It, it always does. And so you've got in you know, the majority of the world, they're, they're not truly Christians. And so where do they get their truth? Well, they get their truth from the, whatever the experts are. And so they're constantly tuning into CN, you know, CNBC or CNN or ABC, what, whatever the normal news outlets are. And they are all parroting the same narrative over and over and over. So if all of a sudden someone says there's a virus out there that's killing almost everyone it touches, we all have to just hunker down in our homes and don't, I mean, close the doors, put the, the drapes down and all that. It, it is nasty. It's killing people like crazy. And then you turn the channel, they're saying it. Turn the channel, they're saying it. You go on, on the Internet and, and articles all over the place, you would just, you'd panic. You'd say that's obviously what's happening because they're all, everyone knows it. That's got to be true. And that's what the world is doing, and then too many Christians are going along with it, too, because probably many, if not most, Christians get a lot more input from you know, outside sources and media than, than Scripture. 
And so one of the things that I've had to do is to say, you know what, for a lot of these things, we actually can't know 100% of the truth, even scientifically, because most people aren't in a position to actually do experiments in their home and all that. They have to rely on trusting other experts. Well, maybe other experts are right. Maybe other experts aren't quite right. You, know, you, you really can't know for sure. The only thing you can know is what Scripture tells us. So you have to be wise and educate yourself to, with some of these issues, but ultimately you have to be in prayer and studying Scripture that he will guide you whether or not you really know the scientific details because uh, it's just being used as a weapon right now that the science is always against whatever you think and it's always supportive of whatever they're telling you. Jay, I'm looking at some of these uh, bullet points about issues we are forced to confront. What you just said, they're using our concerns about health, our vulnerabilities as human beings. We're, we're, you know, we, we want to stay healthy. We don't want to get sick. We don't want to catch a virus, but they're using that. You said weaponizing, yet they are absolutely using it as a weapon like they've used words, but they've also used um, the uh, attacks on uh, marriage, for example, uh, gender. They're using these things as a weapon. Um, look, I'm going down this list here. Uh, let's see, racism. Yeah, like you said earlier, all they need to do is shout louder. They don't need any evidence. They don't need anything to back up anything that, that someone is actually a racist, because there are racists that still exist. But I think these accusations of racism with just little or no uh, cause for it or no evidence, and the, whoever has the loudest voices, it seems. So they're using that accusation of, of racism. And the, it makes me think of the Bible where it says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So they are accusing, and they're using these things as weapons. And these are social issues, moral issues that Christians should be able to respond to. But how? Yeah, it is. One of the things, the big picture is there's just so many. So you're constantly running around, you know, putting your finger in all the dikes around here because there's so many leaks <laughs> in the boat or so many fires that you're trying to put out. And I, I used to be overwhelmed with stuff that I had to do either for ministry or before that when I was doing computer programming. And I felt like all day long, I would like, oh, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do it. Oh, yeah, well, there's this other thing. Oh, yeah, I got to work on that. Oh, there's this other thing. And the whole day would go by, and I didn't do anything other than thought through all the stuff that I have to do. And the next day, it'd be the same thing. So what we have to do is we have to be aware of what this list is. Then we have to prioritize and say, what are the most important things um, that I need to be looking at, and then also where has God gifted me that I could actually make a difference to some of these, and you kind of have to let others go because you can't tackle all of them, but God has given you certain strengths where you can maybe make some headway, particularly not in changing the world and getting all these things stopped, but in affecting those that are around you that you're trying to witness to, and you're trying to walk them through some of these issues, or whether it's transgenderism that they're wonder they're asking you about, and they're wondering about a racism, and there's so many things. I mean, I, I just gave a talk on origin races and racism in, in St. Louis, and one of the first things I asked was, I put this screen up on PowerPoint, says racism. And first of all, I said, uh, game over. <clears throat> Why do I say that? Because I can't possibly say anything that's going to please, every, please everyone right now. In fact, people are <laughs> probably already angry at me just because you said a word. word that's up there. So, and then I, but I asked, I said, why is racism wrong? I said, no, don't get me wrong. I believe that it is wrong, but why? Why would racism be wrong? And I showed a picture of a hawk coming down on a rabbit. I said, what is this? This is survival of the fittest. This is how we are taught that we got here. Survival of the fittest over millions of years. Those were more fit. They survived. So why would it be wrong if one race could kind of overpower another one to take them over? If they're weaker, they probably shouldn't be around anyway. That's what's been going on for millions of years. If it didn't, we wouldn't be here. That's what they're teaching us. Wow. So why is it all of a sudden wrong? There's no basis for it. Now, biblically, then I went into the biblical basis. Yeah, racism is wrong, and here's why. Because God created us. He's not a respect of persons. We're all of one race, one blood, Acts 17, 26. Yes. And I went through that defense. So if you can help people think through these, what you're doing is you're putting a pebble in their shoe, get them to realize, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, or transgenderism. I think I ran this one by you uh, not too long ago. If some man told me he identifies as a woman, I would ask him, what is a woman? Because if he tries to define a woman, he is violating his own principles. You can't say that a woman is A, B, and C and that. You're trying to put her in a box. You can't say that. 
okay, well, if you can't define a woman, how do you know you identify as one? Mm. <laughs> and if you're saying you identify as one, you're admitting you're not one. You're a man, but you're identifying as a woman, something you can't even define. And so you get people to realize that a lot of these ideas are self-defeating, and it gives you a little bit of credibility to continue the conversation to ultimately get back to the authority of Scripture. These things are not wrong because they're confusing. They're confusing because they're wrong because it violates God's created order. Amen. That's a great, great way to uh, sum things up, Jay. And right now, we've got two minutes left, and you mentioned Ecclesiastes 1.9 earlier. Um, what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, as there's nothing new under the sun. And then Ecclesiastes actually ends that book with, the conclusion when everything has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person, for God will bring every act to judgment, whether, I'm sorry, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. So Jay, the bottom line, we need to fear God, we need to know the word of God, know the truth, and as you just said, be able to respond with questions, asking the right questions. Your final thoughts, Jay? Yeah, very important. Uh, we, we should be not getting overwhelmed. God is still in control. And again, summarizing, the worse things get around us, and they, are, they have gotten incredibly <laughs> worse, and they probably will continue that trend. The worse they get, the more opportunities we will have to share our faith with those around us. God does not ask us to change the world. He asks us to evangelize, make disciples to those around us. And the worse things get, the more people are looking for hope, and we're the only ones who truly have hope in Christ. Amen. Share that hope. Jay Seeger, Starting Point Project. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us again, Jay. We'll talk to you soon, brother. God bless you. You too. We'll, We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks. All right, when we come back, we'll let you know who's on uh, tomorrow. We'll take a sneak peek into next week as well. But remember to share our podcast, please, on social media, because our Facebook page, as you know, has been shadow banned for years, and most of our friends do not see our news feed. More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, tomorrow I will be going through a lot of news articles and items of interest, things that are affecting us, whether that be cultural, political, social, and a lot of things I have already planned and prepared for tomorrow, including um, a little talk about the Grammys. That's right. By the way, did you know, did you know, that China banned the Grammys, but America did not. Let that sink in. Cartoons are being canceled, but pornographic Grammys are celebrated. You wait, wait till you. I mean, I hope you didn't see that performance, but I, I talk about it. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that article tomorrow. Plus, a little bit more. Um, Ten authors we've had so far this month. It's been an amazing month with a lot of authors as guests on Stand Up for the Truth um, Monday. Ed Stoll, brand new guest. Also, Dr. Andy Woods back with us Tuesday, and we'll let you know more a little later on. But thank you so much for tuning in, for your prayers and support. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.